Sup guys, this is the Got Next Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about uh, the Doc Rivers hire for the 76ers and some, um, how do I put this, insightful comments from Kyrie and Kevin Durant about their coaching situation. <laughs> um, mostly, mostly my thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear a yes. lot of Rafa. Um, and That's as segment. always, we're going to talk about what we've seen from the NBA Finals so far. My name is Rafa Squill. Joined by my friend Carlos Sakia. This is the Got Next Podcast. What's up, guys? All right. Uh, let's talk about some NBA news that happened this week. Um, we'll start off with the comments recently uh, that recently came out from Katie and Kyrie. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, about the coaching situations in oh the, yeah in the nets before i let rafa and as i know rafa is really triggered by this but i'll let i'll give you guys some context um Kyrie, Kyrie, and katie went on a podcast recently and basically the gist of the conversation was that they didn't they, that steve nash while he's the real head coach of the of the nets that it's going to be more of a collaborative effort mm-hmm. so Kyrie says i don't really see us having a head coach Katie could be head coach. I could be head coach on some days, you know. And Katie adds Jack Vaughn could be the head coach as well. You know, it's a collaborative effort. So <laughs> that's one comment. And then uh, more, and then another comment came out was Kyrie saying that he doesn't want to, basically, he doesn't want to be coached because he doesn't want to have a coach, you know, force their coaching philosophy on them and be, all of a sudden has to run uh, wind sprints. So... Sounds to me like he doesn't want to be coached. So, Rafa, I'll let you off here. What are your thoughts on both Kerry and Katie's comments on this? Are you ready? Let me just take a take a sip here before <laughs> I before I before I go. Okay, Kyrie, are you kidding me? You're a NBA player. Stop acting like you're this all-time superstar and be coached. Name one time, one time in NBA history where not listening to your coach, where the coach didn't have authority over you, actually worked out and led to you winning a title. Fuck you. All right. Well said. Collecting myself a little bit more. The reason that I have a big problem with him saying some days I'm the head coach, sometimes KD's the head coach, is that what is is he gonna have that same attitude in let's imagine the best case scenario? He's in game seven of the NBA finals and Steve Nash makes a call. Is Kyrie just gonna take the ball on himself and not listen to his coach? Because that's exactly what it sounds like. Like no one's gonna try to reinvent the wheel, but if you're not listening to your coach, people are not gonna fall in line and be on the same page as you. If you're just gonna take it one on one, you're gonna get your kicked every time right like <laughs> yeah i i don't know um that that's kind of my immediate thought it's like he doesn't want to be coached it sounds like he just wants to take matters into his own hands he just wants the ball he wants all the glory he just wants to take his guy one-on-one because that's how he thinks he's gonna win and that's not the case and in, in all hey. seriousness have you ever can you think of a single time in nba history where the coach uh didn't have the respect of his star player and that actually led to winning a title. Name one time in NBA history that actually happened. The coach didn't have their superstar buy-in 
and they won the title. I can't. You cannot think. There's no. There's no such example. I don't. No, think. there's no example of that happening. And you know, maybe I'm. I have my Kyrie bias on because I just don't think that he's this. <laughs> I think that he thinks he's too much of a genius and can't listen to coaches. You know what I mean? I do have that perception of him, and I'll admit to that bias. But when he says things like this, it feeds into the bias. I'm not looking for a confirmation bias here. He said it. I wasn't looking for anything <laughs> to confirm my bias. He fucking said it. You know what I mean? So that that's the that's the that's the thing with the first comment that I didn't like. That it really sounds like he's not trying to be coached, and that's why he was okay with Steve Nash because he thinks that he can like push him around and take matters into his own hands. And then with the second comment. Um, where he was um, kind of explaining himself. First of all, if you don't want to run wind sprints, I'm sure Kyrie is going to come into the season in shape, I think. considering seems how seems like hard he's he, always in shape. Yeah, he seems like he's always in shape. He's a hardworking guy. I'll, I'll take it that at it for his word. Like, he'll come into shape. But is everybody going to come into shape? <laughs> Kyrie doesn't seem like the type to hold his, player, his teammates accountable in the offseason. Because he's very, yeah. uh, how do I say this, weird. And, I mean, he's also, like, he likes to be alone. So, he's not going to be checking up on his teammates. Um, no, yeah. Remember in Cleveland, there was, like, a point in time in the 2017 season where he just didn't talk to anyone for, like, exactly. a few months during the playoffs. Exactly. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's just who he is. So, if, if, you're, if you're not going to allow your coach, if you're not going to want a coach to, like, hold your guys accountable for running, then your, your team's not going to come into shape. You're not going to do as well. Um, yeah, and you know, Katie just you know agreeing with him, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. I mean, he'll keep him in check. You know, there's no like LeBron type. Yeah, leader. Yeah, at least with you know? at least with LeBron, like he didn't respect David Black, but once he got Ty Lue, Ty Lue made the calls right on the floor, and LeBron yeah. respected his calls. It doesn't seem like Steve Nash is gonna be able to do that. I also love how he said, "I didn't get Kenny Atkinson fired, but this is why I got him fired." <laughs> <laughs> but we needed to say like Katie and I didn't get him fired, but this is why we got him fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we didn't get him fired, but we need a guy who does all of this stuff. And it's just like, okay, so you got him fired. <laughs> we told management we don't like him. You basically. told management that this Kenny Atkinson isn't the guy to do all that stuff. So you got him fired. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> oh man. What what exact he said um what exactly did he say? He said that he doesn't want to win sprints, which suck it up. We ran win sprints when we were fourteen. And number two, um, he doesn't want someone to push their coaching philosophy on them and on everything, reinvent the wheel. Yeah, on everything they do or something. Yeah. Which, you know, KD, Steve Kerr putting his coaching philosophy on the Warriors gave you two fucking championships. So, fuck you. Yeah. Number two. And arguably when he, arguably when KD bought in, in their, into his coaching philosophy in 2017, that's when they were at the That's best. like arguably the greatest team in NBA history. When he bought in. Yeah. In exactly. 18, they weren't nearly as good. Exactly. They still dominated because of their talent. But same with 19. And same with 19 when he really didn't buy in. And then with the Kyrie Irving thing, when he bought in the Ty Lue, that was a great offense. All-time great offense. Yeah. It was a really good offense. Them not wanting to have these coaching philosophies in place. If you're just not going to let the coach figure out the best way to utilize you, then these two are going to think that the best way they're utilized is just to take their guys one-on-one. And there are certain scenarios where that's good, but a lot of times it's not. 
Because if they're just going to play one-on-one the entire time, the other three guys on the court are not going to be happy. I think Steve Kerr said it one time, talking about his time with the Bulls and Michael Jordan. Um, one thing that, that empowered him, even though he was just a spot-up shooter, is that in that offense, he got to have the ball. Not necessarily to shoot, but he got to make decisions in the triangle. So he would make the right pass, make the right cut. He could dictate things in the offense that led to that led to the best shot possible. And it's not like Michael Jordan didn't get every shot that he wanted, right? Like he still shot 22 times a game. Kyrie and KD basically saying that they don't want a coaching philosophy shoved on them is basically telling me they, they don't want to be coached and they just want to take matters into their own hands. And I know I keep coming back to guys like Jordan and LeBron, but if those two guys can be coached, you can be f***ing coached. Everyone else should follow. Exactly. Follow if Tim Duncan can be coached, you can be coached. I just hate it when superstars think that they don't have to fall in line ever. And this is it's what it seems like Kyrie and Katie do all the time. Yeah. Next next season's gonna be an interesting season for the Nets. Um, I feel like they're gonna be really good when they're on Kyrie yeah. and Katie. And then the highs are gonna be really high. I feel like they're gonna be really good when they're on. But then you know, when they're off, it's gonna be really ugly. Yeah. Whew. Okay. <laughs> no more thoughts. No, You're uh, good. My, my final thought on that is uh, I hope they lose next season. Unless they like change their attitude, I hope they lose. Let's move on. Our next piece of news, um, this actually happened really quick because we were go- going through the week. We were thinking Doc Rivers parted ways, quote unquote, with the Clippers, which is probably a nicer way to just say he was yep, fired. Yeah, he got fired. <laughs> he straight um, up got and fired. Then, and like three days later, he's signing a five year deal with the Sixers. That was rather quick. So. It was very quick, very quick turnaround for Doc. Um, mm-hmm. Man, for, for, first of all, uh, what did you think of widely reported as a Steve Bomber's decision to let go of Doc Rivers from the Clippers? So it was a, a Steve Bomber decision? Um, yeah, like I think the front office was, su- yeah, they were suggesting not to to keep Doc, but uh, Bomber was upset with the, with the outcome of the season. It might be because, like, and, during Steve Ballmer's time, they've blown two, three, one leads. Yeah, Maybe. He's probably like, this is not good enough, man. I mean, now that I think that um, when Steve Ballmer's kind of gotten everything that, given Doc Rivers, everything he wanted, and they still didn't get to where they needed to, maybe that's why Steve Ballmer's like, no, we need, a, we need to make a change here. Um, I think even Kawhi wanted Doc Rivers to stay, right? I'm not sure about the Kawhi part. No, I can't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I, I would be. I would be surprised if he didn't consult. Kawhi. I can't. I can neither confirm or deny that. Um, I think I just saw it randomly somewhere on on Twitter. But um, it seemed like most people didn't want Doc Rivers gone. Um, but I do. I'm not sure which if if I would have kept Doc or not. Just because I know he 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 blew it really bad. But also, like, the Clippers were hurt a lot this year. So his lineups were really bad. Um, he, didn't, he didn't have his lineups in order. And he got thoroughly outcoached by Mike Malone. Um, didn't make... Blew a 3-1 lead. Blew a 3-1 lead. Didn't make good coaching adjustments and was relying on his talent. So I guess from that aspect, yeah. But we know that Doc seems to have the respect of his players, which is important. So their next coaching hire is going to have to be important. Is going to have to be a good one. But for, yeah, yeah, from that standpoint, definitely. I, I, I don't know. That said, he's 
obviously now officially the Sixers head coach. What were your initial thoughts yeah. when he signed with the Clippers? Or sorry, when he signed with the Sixers. Six sorry, Sixers. They, sound, they sound the same. <laughs> when he signed with the Sixers. I was really surprised that coming off that coaching performance from the, uh, in the Nuggets series, that that's like the Sixers were like, that's what we want to hire. I know, so, so fast. I, it's kind of quick. Um, I mean, obviously, like there were reports last week that they were considering Mike D'Antoni, um, mm. I think. Tai Lu as well. So, you know, they were looking for people. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, um, Doc is still Doc is still a good coach. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll respect him in that mm-hmm. sense. Um one thing one thing that was pointed out this week, as 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 uh, as much as we all note his colla- his uh collapses, yeah. meaning uh the three one and three two mm-hmm. blown leads in the playoffs, he's never been swept. Mm-hmm. Uh that's not something you can say about other great coaches in the past. Um, Phil Jackson's Phil been Jackson's swept. Phil Jackson's been swept for sure. Rick Carlisle's yep. been swept. You know, Pat Riley's so, been swept. <laughs> that's a that, yeah. So it's that's a, that's 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 also an achievement. Um, but he also Doc. I feel like he's had all this talent with him. Yeah. Uh, particularly with he's only he's only capitalized with it with the Celtics, mm-hmm. in the Clippers. And in, well, with the Clippers, old basically, yeah. they didn't get past the second round this, despite having Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, uh, Paul Charlie, yeah, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, you know. Um, um, yeah, he doesn't seem to so be it, the best at um, figuring out the best way to utilize his talent, the talent around him, you know what I mean? Like, um, he obviously had this, no, yeah, bulky roster with a lot of offensive firepower. But he never seemed to get, he never seemed to run the right plays for each for each of the guys to get um, to get their best shots. He never seemed to yeah put out the best lineups that fit well around the different guys. Like um, maybe the lineup that surrounds Lou Will and Montrez Harrell is significantly different with a Paul George lineup or Kawhi Leonard lineup to get them going. You know what I mean? Whereas like take the contrast to Brad Stevens where um, there were times when he would take Jason Tatum out really early in the first quarter so that in the second quarter uh, Tatum would play with the bench unit with the bench you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and um, that seemed to have a lot of good offensive firepower especially when since Tatum is a good passer now um, he could get going against bench units and find his rhythm a little bit Um, Mm. you know what I mean so Doc didn't seem to have that Again, some of this could be injuries. I just don't know. With this Sixers challenge, it's gonna be. This is gonna be a little harder than he's ever done before. Because this year, Kawhi and PG is one thing. CP and Blake Griffin were one thing. The Celtics big three was one thing. This Simmons and Bead thing is like probably the weirdest lineup he's ever had to deal with. And yeah, you know, yeah. Assuming exactly. he keeps Simmons, that'll be. We'll see. Um, but you you heard about the the rumors with what he might do, right? Yeah, you said you might trade him for uh, the number. Yeah, one no, pick. don't do that. Yeah, don't the do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, no, I we I think they should keep they should keep them both. I agree. Uh, just so, just for think, the record, I agree. I think if you're gonna do something like if you you're, if Doc doesn't think that he can implement something where both of them are gonna thrive and make the offense better. Get rid of Simmons, fine, but don't 
trade him for a rookie. Joel Embiid is 25. Yeah. Doc Rivers, of all people, should know that championship windows close really fast. And Embiid doesn't exactly have the best health history. Right? So you got to take advantage now. Yeah. So if you don't believe that Simmons is like the right fit, fine, trade him. I've actually explored a couple of Ben Simmons trades just because I was curious. One that might make sense only for the Sixers, though, not for the Wizards. I don't think the Wizards would ever do this. <laughs> Bradley Beal for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. The Wizards would never say yes to that. So that obviously is going to happen. John Wall and, Bra- yeah, and Ben be Simmons, terrible. no way. The Wizards would never say yes to that. The only other one that I could have thought of, well, there were two others, but neither of these make sense either. Ben Simmons and Mike Scott for Russell Westbrook, which, no. Yeah. Huh. But I, which would give... Would, How about James Harden? <laughs> you know, that if... If uh, the Rockets really are considering trading hard, then that might happen, but I don't think they should. I think they should trade Westbrook. <laughs> Likelihood of the happening is pretty yeah, good, though. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, that, that's something that could happen. I doubt it will, but the Rockets would love that. I don't think the Sixers would. Harden, Harden and, Sim- and uh, Yeah, <laughs> well, no, the Westbrook one. Because imagine, like, Harden and Simmons. Oh, right, and right. Simmons allows them to play elite microball there's defense he can be, he can their, be big, their big he yeah he can be their five, yeah. five small but ball five besides yeah. that the only other trade i could have found and i don't think this is this would work out is blake griffin i don't think they would do that why would yeah, philly want exactly. blake griffin i don't know that, i mean i don't think that would work um i don't think that would high low the high low <laughs> thing right i mean they don't right now they don't have the roster to do that if it didn't work with Al Horford, it's not going to work with Blake yeah. Griffin, who's a far worse defensive player. And, and a far, far worse shooter. shooter. Like, well, well even he's, improved. Improved. He's, improved. Yeah. he's improved. He's improved. He's um, improved. Although, who knows? I mean, Doc Rivers no- clearly knows how to play with two bigs. And he's played with Blake Griffin before. Although, although yeah. maybe that well, might be bad. Speaking of, players yeah. he's coached, speaking of players he's coached before, Tobias Harris oh, is that's on true. the Sixers. Who on the Clippers. He coached, yeah. which he coached the true. Clippers that's last true. year. And Tobias Harris put up his best season prior to the Sixers move, so that might be a good sign yeah, for maybe. Tobias, especially for which is good for the Sixers considering yeah. they maxed him out. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> I was but, trying to find a trade for that. No, there is. Uh, Tobias, there's so few options out there. The, what they could, what they'll probably do is Doc, yeah. Doc will, you know, maximize him for until February, yeah, yeah. and then they'll trade him. <laughs> <laughs> probably, <laughs> but. In all, ser- in all seriousness, though, um, yeah, Doc is an interesting choice because I'm not sure if he'll be able to find a good fit in on offense for mm-hmm. Simmons and Embiid. He'll, he'll find uh, probably better than Brett Brown. Oh, I think it's a step up from Brett Brown. Yeah, so he'll probably make, he'll continue those Sixers. I think I saw a funny, a funny tweet on Twitter. Um, the Sixers have raised their seating from the Eastern Conference semifinals to the Eastern Conference semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> So that's brutal. We'll see you next. <laughs> Four Sixers. Four sixers. Uh, but yeah, uh, any final thoughts on the on Doc? Um, I think it's a good co- it's a good hire. I don't think it's the best hire. They kind of I feel I like know. they rushed into it. You could you could go you could do worse than Doc, which is saying yeah. something for the Clippers. The Clippers hire mm-hmm. will be a very interesting. Um. All right. Shall we uh, um, move on to our thoughts on the NBA Finals? The- Ugh, not looking good for Miami though. Ugh. This is, oh, it's I know, too it's old, too old. Um, <laughs> They got absolutely destroyed in game one. Um, and game two was 
you indicated that it was a much more lopsided uh, game than the score indicated. However, it, it, yeah, I would like push back on that a little bit because the Heat did shoot thirty-four free throws compared to the Lakers, like seventeen. Yeah. So of course it's going to be close if that happens. It's good. Anyway, um, let's start with talking about game one, the the big dud. Um, I mean, man, oh. the Lakers. Three point shooting was awesome, dude. They shot um they shot a million. Percent. Jeez, like they make every they make every key three. Um, they get a ton of offensive rebounds. They like bef- right before garbage time, they went on that seventy five third run. Um, right after after the yeah. Heat went up twenty five to twelve, and I was like, whoa, that was man. That no, you know. Yeah, the, the first five minutes of the game, I was like, Whoa, I know, game, seriously. Be a close series. Then, you know, Miami yeah. jumped on them. Where's the Lakers' defense? And then they just kind of turned it on. Turned it up. It, I and... think that, yeah. I don't know. Um, Danny Green had his only uh, on fire. Uh, his What will be his only um, good shooting percentage? Yeah, but it's not the like finals. they need him. Jeez, if <laughs> Rajon Rondo keeps shooting 45% from three, like the Heat have no chance. It's insane. Oh I don't know when the hell God. he learned yeah. how to shoot. Yeah, man, like, Rondo has been in revelation Jeez, I mean, this playoffs. Yeah. Playoff Rondo is real, man. I'm a real believer now. I was shitting on him yeah. earlier uh, in the Rockets series. Like, he's really, man, like, he's he really, tur- like, when he actually the- carries, he's still, like, a really good point guard. Um, and he's been one of their keys to beating the Heat. Um, in, uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably their Maybe. third best player. Yeah, probably. I would say so. Um, one thing about game two that I, I think led to this like collapse, because I think the Lakers were just a little cold to start off. It's not like they weren't getting good shots to start off. They were, weren't just knocking them down. In game one, yeah. Game one? Game two. Because nothing really changed from that to the yeah, rest yeah. of the game. The Heat were switching way too easily. And I think once the Lakers realized that, LeBron just went after... Hunted Tyler, Tyler Hero, Hero, hunted Duncan Robinson. They switched too easily. Ten years of evidence shows that you shouldn't easily switch on LeBron James, right? Hard hedge him and yeah. then let him yeah, pull exactly. up for a jump shot. No, exactly. You know what I mean? I, I think that was a good idea. It's a bad idea. Yeah, and it really showed on, it really showed on, yeah. the, on the box score. I think Tyler here in the first half was like minus 30. Or something. I really, <laughs> I really started to pick up on that, um, like in the start of the second quarter when LeBron came back into the game, um, and they were when he mm-hmm. starts mismatch hunting. I'm like, why are you switching, Iguodala, Crowder? Why are you switching? And Tyler Heroes on LeBron? Are you kidding me? Stay on him. Stop. Like that's you're gonna lose. And sure enough, they caught their ass handed to him. <laughs> I did not think that yeah. was a sound um, defensive move. I would, I was thoroughly disappointed. Which with uh, Coach Spo's strategy for that. I would never do that. I'm not even a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's not trying to coach. tell you how to do your job. <laughs> but you could do your job a little better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Coach Spo will coach. Oh, he absolutely will. But, but I'm just saying, anyway. like, I just... <laughs> the Warriors have done this. And in 2016, they did the, they did the switch. And... Um, the easy switch, and LeBron just hunted Steph Curry. And so 
knowing that history, yeah, and, and it's not like LeBron doesn't hasn't been doing that since. He did that before that series. He's been he's gonna do it for the rest of his career. He's gonna mismatch hunt. I don't think that's a secret. I don't think you needed to really exactly. Mr. I don't think you needed ball. to go back to game tape to know he was gonna do that. So once they realized they were gonna do this switching, he hunted them. And you know, obviously, uh, I guess the, one of the adjustment they did quickly was they started mm-hmm. playing zone. But you know, especially a lot, especially particularly in game two. But they did it a bit in game one, and ripped it up. Ad just mm-hmm. Ad Rondo, LeBron just yep. the high post ripped it up, man. Yeah, they couldn't stop the, it. The thing in the thing in game they two now with it. this two three zone is that. What the, Celt- what the Celtics couldn't do, and they just don't have the same personnel as the Lakers do. So, um, obviously, one of the adjustments I yeah. wanted to do when the Heat would do the 2-3 zone uh, for the Celtics was to have Jalen Brown at that high post spot because he can actually be aggressive there. He can spot up and drive, spot up and shoot, rather than Marcus Smart, who's not as aggressive. And like we said last week, when Anthony Davis I, got that spot, yeah. he's going to destroy them. When it's LeBron and Rondo at that spot, Excellent passers. Like, the quick passes are going to destroy the zone. Especially when you pass it to the corner with Hero and Robinson. Again, your weakest defenders are at those two corner spots. So a quick pass to the corner is going to yeah. is gonna destroy them. And that's exactly what happened in game two. Yeah, and they got a few lobs yeah. as well in the back. And Duncan Robinson, I think, had a lob over Le- uh, LeBron. Dunk- well, yeah. LeBron got behind him and mm-hmm. yeah. threw a lob to him. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't mentioned this so far yet, but we should have mentioned yeah. that Drag- the Heat lost their two best players. Uh, two second, yeah. two second Bam and Dragic. Bam yeah, that's and, painful. Um, Dragic, yeah. which is, kind of took the air of the whole series because what already looked like a lopsided matchup in the first half of Game 1 just looked, now looks even worse. Yeah. What we saw in credit credit to Miami though because they did play they played much better. Like their offense wasn't I didn't think their offense was as stagnant as it was in game 1. Um they were being much more aggressive, particularly Butler and Kendrick Nunn. Um I was impressed with how hard they were going. Yeah. They were finding cutters. Um and it definitely helps that they shot 34 free throws compared to the Lakers 17 or something like that. That's what kept them in the game, and they were being aggressive. Yeah, they they were going at Dwight yeah. Howard because they knew he was going to foul them. He Howard played what seventeen minutes <laughs> and got four fouls. <laughs> so sound strategy, sound yeah. strategy. He's he was. I mean, that's their only chance. I think they had Miami's the best free throw, uh, mm-hmm. highest free throw rate in the league. Yeah, if I'm not wrong. So it's it's kind. It, it, I think that's where the free throw disparity is coming from you know the Lakers just shot I think mm-hmm. set a record for most threes yeah. and a half in game two so they were yeah. settling because of the zone then Miami yeah. obviously was trying to get it, to the basket yeah. but it, this is when it sucks not having Bam and Dragic but yeah, you know it's not enough <laughs> considering that this is a 10 point game um, this is one where if you had Goran and Bam maybe you don't give up as many offensive rebounds maybe Dragic gets a couple of extra sh- makes a couple of extra shots, take a couple of extra free throws. Maybe this is a closer game. Not necessarily that the Lakers lose the game, but yeah, I think the, the Heat would have had a, a good chance to take to steal this game if Dragic and Ban were there. So that sucks. Because um, the Heat yeah. I mean, offensively played well, I think. I think. Yeah, the Lakers really couldn't. They weren't 
they couldn't get any yeah. stops in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Miami was just hanging around, hanging around. And honestly, like, in the fourth quarter, the yeah. score was stuck at, like, a 10-point deficit for a while. And one, like, mm-hmm. if, Miami, if Miami just gets a score down a couple of those times, then it would have been, like, a 5-6 point game. Yeah, who knows? knows what would have happened yeah. then. Um, but I mean, I think the Heat just need to continue to be aggressive offensively. And they got to change up their strategy on defense. Um, he, here's something oh. I did want to talk about because obviously we've, we've talked a little bit about the Heat offense, the Heat, def- the Heat defense. We've seen them go man and gotten eaten alive. We've seen them play a 2-3 zone, got eaten alive. What do you, where do you think they go from here? You know, if Bam if Bam plays, which is still a big if, because yeah, I think yeah. you noted that there are yeah, both I just him and Dragic are still no doubtful updates, so. for this game. Yeah. Oh, sucks. But I think their best their best chance is mm. still in that zone. But I don't think playing Kelly, Larry Bird, <laughs> Olenek is <laughs> at center is the best idea because he was just he was not getting yeah. any rebounds. Not he's not physical enough to get. Mm-hmm. To out rebound um, Davis and Howard. Although I want to, I want to say um, after Udonis has, yeah. has them ate them alive yep, yep. in that timeout in the third quarter, they were boxing yeah. out much more, yeah. much better after that. Davis was like he was still getting tips on the they ball, were but they were getting the rebound in general. Because, you know, sure. boxed out. That's why you keep guys like Udonis yeah. Haslam, one of the greatest role players of all time. On your on your squad, yeah. on your on your this is on why your like he's gonna he'll rip into you. He's gonna tell you exactly what you need to hear. After after that blow up, they the Heat started playing a lot better, which I think is gonna help them. Um, yeah, I Future hope so, coach man. Haslam. Hey, man, everyone respects Udonis Haslam, like everyone in the NBA. So um, he'd be a great coach. Yeah, a lot of ex players were retweeting that. They're retweeting that clip. Yeah. Like when the OG yeah. speaks, <laughs> I mean, everyone's exactly. going to listen. <laughs> I mean, y- Ugon is taking that. Act. I think it did help them. They were playing harder. It just like they were working so hard in that zone. The zone was much more effective in the second, like after that. But the amount of effort they were putting in that zone, it's just like they can't sustain that for a whole game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think they, they shouldn't they shouldn't play it all the time. Like they pretty much played the, yeah. the third quarter exclusively with the zone. I agree. Which I don't think they, they gotta change do. it up a little bit. Um, give them different looks. They should. Yeah, I think that's that's my answer to your question. Yeah. I think they should you know even out the um, even out yeah. the play a more a little bit more man. So uh, I was. But thinking, what, were you, what were you thinking um, about that? Just what things that they've tried versus not tried. I think that they can go to the zone, um, but I think they gotta switch up their defense. Uh, like you said, I. Totally agree with what you said. Um, they got to switch it up a little bit, but with the man, I think they just got to be a little more aggressive because they look they look really tentative. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not up harassing the ball. Um, you know, when Jimmy Butler is up on LeBron, he seems to be the only guy willing to do that against LeBron, like up in his grill, trying to bother him. Yeah. So I think that they got to be a little more aggressive guarding LeBron. If they're in man, don't switch anything, particularly on pick and rolls. You got to I think you got to do the warrior strategy of hard hedging and you're just going to have to recover. Like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, you're just going to have to sprint your ass and live with the result. 
Yeah. Yeah. I th- you, exactly. And then go easy. under the screen. I think you just got to run hard enough to make them put the ball on the floor. Because it's not like, like Kuzma and KCP yeah. are good enough to like take you off the dribble. But I'd rather the dribble than Rondo, than AD and LeBron in particular. Let the other guys beat you. Um, and then, yeah, so be aggr- sure. like they're going to have to be aggressive on defense. Now's the time to burn the rubber on the tires and just go hard. Um, and then another thing I thought of was, what if they did like a Nick Nurse uh, triangle and two? No, triangle Boxing and two. On. Triangle and two. Ooh. That would be yeah, so you just... But they triangle and two LeBron. Yeah. And AD. If, you know, yeah, so... Um, like one of their really good defenders on LeBron, that's not gonna work without Bam because Kelly and yeah, Myers Leonard gonna are gonna get eaten up alive. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'd say Myers Leonard played, yeah, but he played oh like what God. 17 minutes, nine minutes. Nine there minutes. you go, nine minutes. It's nine minutes, nine minutes. <laughs> um, so. I mean, I guess you could play Solomon Hill. You could play Udonis Haslam. <laughs> you play, play Udonis. Udonis. He's going to... Yeah. But I think they just got to do something. Like, to be... They got to... I feel like they're yeah. better when they're more aggressive on the ball. Because, I mean, Butler ripped yep. ripped the ball from James a couple times in game one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you yeah. know, you obviously don't want Jimmy Butler yeah. doing that the whole game because he's your offense right now. But I think they just got to be more aggressive overall, which with whatever strategy they decide to do. It's honestly just an overmatch, yeah. I think. I'm not sure how much, what, what adjustments Miami will do mm-hmm. that will close the gap as much. Because uh, the Lakers, to their credit, they're playing really well together, not only because yeah. of Dwight and I, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, but the whole team fits, yeah. fits really well together. For sure. Which was not something I was yeah, expecting to say seriously. at the start of the season. Um, one, other than the great chemistry, which is very true, the do you have you ever gotten the sense that the Lakers were uncomfortable in this series? Did they ever look uncomfortable? No. No. Do you feel like the Heat looked uncomfortable? Yes. And so I think that's a that's a big thing. That's kind of why I'm saying, especially, especially on defense. defense. That's kind of why I'm saying the Heat should be aggressive on the Lakers because you there's hasn't really been a point where the Lakers have been uncomfortable and the Heat have been tentative pretty much this whole time. Like, didn't... Spo said, shout at the Duncan Robinson, shoot the effing ball. Right? I feel like... <laughs> I, I missed oh, no, that. So, you know, I feel like Duncan Robinson hasn't been a huge factor in this game. And the Lakers are not giving that away. But I think the, he needs to be a little more aggressive with finding cuts to the basket and making them pay. Um, Cause they're overplaying him really hard. So if they, if he does a cut to the basket, he just has to do it one time. Even if they pass it and throw it out of bounds, mm-hmm. the defender is going to be like, Oh shit. He knows, he knows that that's there. So even if the, if the, the play is, flopped, start shooting the, the defender is going to be like, okay, he, he yeah. almost got me on that back cut. I got to look for it. That'll open up your shot. You know what I mean? I think, Everyone on the Heat just needs to be more aggressive offensively and defensively. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel, yeah, maybe 
psychological because I know Duncan Robinson. There's a lot of stories about him. Um, the Heat trying to coach yeah. him to be more aggressive. So yeah, that's yeah. probably what's happening there. But yeah, yeah. the the Heat's mm-hmm. offense has been kind of stalled. Although there were one yeah. another encouraging thing I saw from the Heat um, was that you know Tyler Hero played a little better. But one one thing I kept noticing was like, wow, Tyler Hero he is getting a lot of elbow jumpers. You know what I mean? The, the Lakers, mm-hmm. that's a soft spot in the Lakers' offense. And you have a couple of guys, if Drogic comes back, that's one. If Bam comes back, that's another. Butler and Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, maybe this is a spot where you can run a pin down yeah. for Duncan Robinson, get those elbow pin downs, get a couple of shots here and there, not the most efficient shot, but if it's wide open like that, you got to take it. it. It's an wide. excellent shot if it's that wide, yeah, it's, especially true. if it's that wide open. You know, so um, that mm-hmm. might be a good soft spot you can exploit. Jimmy, so that Jimmy Butler doesn't have to work as hard for every shot. If he knows, okay, this 16-footer is going to be there every time. I'm going to do this a lot. I'm going to save that for maybe later in the game or get a couple of those here and there to make my life a little easier. To conserve energy, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, yeah Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's been playing well. Yeah. Uh, game two, he played well. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like seventy like, still didn't play as well as he should have. Uh, I feel, but you know, when he's he's getting past his initial defender, like not not too difficult, but. You know, the help's always there, and it's, like, either AD or, like, Dwight. These, like, seven-foot yeah. long-arm humans can't really, like, finish over them or make an effective pass. I think there was that one play where LeBron was ready to yeah. block him, so he was going to pass it, but LeBron still was in the passing yeah. at the yeah. same time. Great great defense yeah. by LeBron there. But, you know, it's just... It's, the Lakers are yeah. a really good defensive team, I and mean, it's really showing here. Butler's kind of limited. Limited. Although he's 13. He's limited in a, in certain things, but I mean his field goal percentage was pretty poor, but he shot 12 free throws. He got 13 assists and he only turned the ball ah, over yeah, three yeah, times. Of he got three offensive rebounds. Like Butler is doing what he can. And one thing I am really crediting Jimmy Butler with, and he has impressed me so much, is that he seems to understand his limitations. He is playing within himself, and he understands he's not a. He can't be shooting threes. He took one three last game. He was like, and I, I think it was exactly. Shot, um, shot other beater. times he's just yeah. driving or taking his good good mid range shots. He's finding his teammates, like he's being aggressive, um, and like yeah, he's competing. Fair, and yeah. he's also guarding LeBron James a ton of the time. Like I'm really impressed with Jimmy Butler's play. He is fighting. Yeah, that's true. Um, he def- like that's one thing you can't count. You he'll definitely play within himself, but you know, I don't. Th- he'll need to put up forty to for the Heat he'll, to even have a chance. Uh, I don't know if he'll need to put up forty. Like a, a game one versus Maybe. the Bucks kind of performance. I think that know? a game like this with someone else stepping up will really be a thing. Continue the Heat. I think the Heat understand that the Lakers are very foul prone. Remember, um, in our prediction mm. pod, I said that the, the Lakers were one of the highest fouling teams in the playoffs. And the Heat are one of the highest free throw attempting yeah. teams. That's going to keep them in the game. That's the most efficient shot in basketball. And that's, that's true. 
Yeah, actually, because I think in game one, that was the difference between a blowout exactly. and a 10 point game was the Heat got more free throws in game two yeah, the than shot. they did in game one. Yeah. They only got 14 in, 14 in game they, one. They literally in shot two, double so. the amount of free throws the Lakers did in game two. So, um, yeah. that being said, thoughts on the rest of the series. How, how do you think this is going to go? Well, if Anthony Davis continue, continues to shoot one, one million percent from the field and LeBron continues mm-hmm. to get his near triple doubles and Bam and Dragic are so doubtful. <laughs> I don't like as much as it pains me to say I don't think the this this series is going past mm. four I know four games. It's gonna it's gonna be it's, a sweep, man. It really is looking like a sweep. Um unless the Heat make really drastic changes. Well I guess they're not drastic. I just think if they can make the Lakers a little more comfortable, they have a chance. But even then it's like Yeah, I don't know how much they can yeah. They'll, they'll figure think, it out. <laughs> It might. It it's might gonna be. It's gonna be tough to take guys of LeBron and AD's caliber to get them off their rhythm. So, I'm hoping that we still get a six-game yeah. series. But I, I agree with you. I'm having a hard time seeing it going past four. Truthfully, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, sweet. it sucks. Uh, Not gonna lie, the the, the game's been like, kind of boring. As a, as which mm-hmm. sucks for the NBA in general, and as a, for most neutral fans, like. After the first, after the first quarter, yeah, not no unfortunately, point watching, yeah, and it's yeah. certain the viewership, man. Like you know, game one was the lowest, lowest rated, the lowest view, yeah. NBA yeah. Finals game ever, which yeah, so that sucks. Terrible. But you know, but it is what it is. I quick question, because mm-hmm. uh, I know this is a discussion. Finals MVP so far, that's tough. Um, it is it's so very close. close. I think, I think. Um. Between uh, Ray John Rondo and KCP, I think. Between Costas, Antetokounmpo, and Alex Caruso. <laughs> Interesting thing, I think I... Uh, I was just doing a little bit of research. Um, and this might be the thing that kicks it for me. Because obviously LeBron's played really well. Anthony Davis played really well. You know, it's not one versus the other. They're working really well together. Um the Lakers' offensive rating yeah. with both of them on the floor is 120, which is really good. That's, that's awesome. Okay. LeBron, without Anthony Davis, it goes down to 116.7. Anthony Davis, without LeBron, okay. it's 121.6. So just AD alone is better. Whoa. This is just offensive rating. It's better alone than... The Lakers are better with... Anthony Davis alone than without LeBron. Obviously, Maybe. it's a two-game sample, so you can't really like you can't really make this vast conclusion from that. I thought that I just thought that was interesting. Who do I think is the f- finals MVP? Contrary to the... I don't know. <laughs> Truthfully, I, I really don't know. <laughs> Can they you be co MVPs maybe? I have uh, I, I really can't pick. I think it's a it's a it's impossible because I think there are only eleven voters, so I want Adam Silver to um, add his vote and just be like, they're co-MVPs. I think it'd be really cool. (laughs) What if it... Yeah. That'd be interesting. But, you know, for me, I'd argue it's Davis just because, um, particularly in game one, I think he was leading the offense more when the game was still somewhat... (laughs) 
under in question. And then LeBron, you know, kind of yeah. kind did did a lot of damage in the fourth yeah. when it was already pretty much decided. Uh, game same as same in game five, same in game game two. Uh, you know, Davis was like started a game four, fourteen of sixteen. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. What did he get? Like six, what? eight offensive rebounds last game. Eight offensive rebounds. Like, if Davis is just gonna do yeah. that, it's not like he. Davis hasn't really needed to post up that much. If he's gonna get eight putbacks. If he's just gonna get a couple of cuts and lobs here and there, like his offense is so efficient. Like Davis really wasn't working yeah. that hard to get his shot, and so he can put more energy into his defense. Insane. It was so easy. So easy. It was. That's the thing. That's the thing about playing a zone. It's uh, if you if you have the right you know counter to it, yeah. it's not hard to play against. But anyway, yeah, my pick would be Davis right now. But, you know, LeBron's, like, right there. We'll yeah. see how the, the next two games go. Right now, my pick would be Davis. But my actual pick would be co MVP. <laughs> game three is tonight. Game three is tonight. And those were our thoughts on the NBA Finals so far. Uh, will the Lakers sweep the Heat? God, I hope they can. Or can the Heat make a series out of it? I hope they can. Yeah, man. Like, please, please. And so a close, at the very least, a close game, please. Who will be the finals MVP, Davis or LeBron? <laughs> will KD or Kyrie win Coach of the Year next year? <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Who's got that?